0: Inflation keeps rising. Tulsi quits the Democratic Party. Megan Kelly calls MSNBC's Tiffany Cross, the most racist person on television. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas lied about the Border Patrol whipping migrants. Biden's idiotic cell phone giveaway, a NASA update, and much, much more on today's Random Thoughts. And welcome to episode number 208 of the Random Thoughts Podcast, spelled R A N D U M B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, a lot going on in the world. Of course, the elections are coming up here in the United States, which means it's kind of silly season for politics, if you will. Though the numbers coming out today. Definitely a slam on the Democrat Party because they've been running things. They control the House. They control the Senate. They control literally the presidency of the United States. And inflation numbers just about twice what was predicted. Again, up at an alarming number. We are seeing things getting worse. Rather than better, it seems that the Biden administration really has very little idea on what to do in order to handle the situation. And I don't think that's really a surprise to anybody that listens to this show. But Joey, he is uh, in denial or he is just totally with a brain of mush. He tells Jake Tapper, quote, I don't think there will be a recession. Joey, it's here. Joey, it's here. Again, quote, I don't think there will be a recession. And if there is, it'll be a slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly, end quote. That is, again, the president of the United States, Joey Biden, to Jake Tapper. He doesn't believe That we're going to have a recession. Well, it seems that everybody else who follows these things for a living are disagreeing with Joey. And I don't think that's a surprise with the polling, which is always suspect. Don't get me wrong. But all of the polling seems to be showing that people are way more interested in money that is exiting their bank accounts to pay for things like gas and groceries that a lot of this other stuff is not going to be what is making their decision on who they're going to vote for come November and that is a good thing that is absolutely a good thing because we need more sanity back we need more people like Tulsi Gabbard, who made some big news this week by leaving the Democratic Party. And I say she made big news. I mean, it was everywhere. It was the top story of just about every news site, although you have to temper that with the fact that she does not currently hold office. Though, I mean, her name has been thrown around for some pretty high offices. I mean, possibly president. And she's a Democrat that I believe I've said on this show and elsewhere that seem to be sane, seem to understand what the country is supposed to be about, which is equality for everybody, not equity and Tulsi made this announcement, of course, on social media by posting a thirty minute or so video to her YouTube account saying things uh, among the quotes, quote, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism, end quote. There's a lot just in that one sentence. And I don't see anything there that's incorrect. I think she's absolutely positively right. They are elitist. They will tell you the way to think. Don't you dare question them. They are warmongers. Everybody said Donald Trump was going to get us into World War III. Turned out to be some of the quietest four years that the United States of America has had and very prosperous as well, you know, unlike today with inflation, Uh, unlike today where companies can't find workers to work. No, everybody was doing pretty well under Donald J. Trump, and we were not at war with anybody. Russia had not gone into Ukraine, and most experts that I've heard believe that if Donald Trump was president, Russia would never have gone into Ukraine. And we're seeing things that are just absolutely changing in the world because nobody really has any belief, I guess, that Joe Biden can do anything. And there is certainly nobody when it comes to foreign countries at this point that are afraid of what Joey will bring down upon them because Joey is one of the weakest presidents we've ever had and at this time and place is exactly not what we need. I've always said, too, with Tulsi Gabbard, she talks about God, which will scare that but Jesus out of pretty much anybody on the left. And she served the military, which we know the people on the left despise the military. They despise the police. They don't want either one around. They think they can have some kumbaya world where everybody will just play nicely with each other, which is what they have tried now. Tell me how things are going in all of these sanctuary cities, all of these Democratic-run utopias where crime is now running rampant because of the policies that they've put into place, which is, no, those aren't murderers. No, those aren't thieves. No, they're just, they're victims. We don't want to lock them up. We don't want to lock them up. And it's all based on skin color. It's all based on race. And Tulsi is absolutely correct that that is the platform of the Democrat Party at this point is to blame the old white guys. Everything they do is bad. And you see the mess that we have gotten into. Because that is not reality. Not punishing criminals for committing crimes does not work. It actually increases crime. But that seems to be what those on the left want. They want a complete and utter breakdown of the country so they can swoop right on in and tell you why the Constitution is bad and why everything has to be rebuilt from the ground up. Let's remember, build back better. Where do you want to build back from? Look at the devastation in Florida. Well, you don't build on top of the rubble. No, you clear all of that away. You get down to bedrock, and then you start again. Halsey went on to say, quote, I believe in government that is of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of By and for the powerful elite, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. End quote. So Tulsi is calling for a Brexit kind of thing. She wants you to get the hell out of the Democrat Party. And I don't know if that's going to do anything. I don't know what kind of base she's going to pull with her again she is not currently in office. The Democrats and Republicans are so really dug into their positions at this point. And most of this comes down to the fact of the money that they need to be supported, to run again, to win again, because these jobs that they have are really cushy jobs. When it comes down to it, you get a lot of money, you get a lot of perks, you get a lot of insurance, you get a pension, and you're pretty much set for life if you can get elected to the House of Representatives or the Senate just once, you're pretty much set for life, which really helps turn this into something perverse rather than being the people that are running are doing it because they believe in what they're doing, because they believe that they want to help their country. No, it's a really good job and corruption runs high and you can personally benefit and make a whole lot of money. Again, look at what Nancy Pelosi and her family has made since she has been in office. And tell me that's coincidental. Tell me that's coincidental. I dare you. And tell me what the prices we're paying right now that a recession is not coming and coming quickly. Joey doesn't think so. Joey is really out of his mind. Bill O'Reilly the other night on his program made a comparison between major league sports and capitalism. And he got a lot of points right, I believe, because he pointed out that the capitalist system will elevate people who put the work in, who try hard, who... Are working towards a common goal, you know, teamwork, all of this good stuff. And that if you're a crappy player, you don't get to be in the league. You don't even get to play. But the people that are in the league, the salary that you're going to make is greatly dependent upon your skill level. The best players make millions of dollars. The worst players, well, they probably still make millions of dollars, which is kind of where O'Reilly's thing broke down a little bit, because right now, the minimum baseball salary in Major League Baseball, I believe, has finally hit a half a million dollars a year, which means even if you're the worst guy on the team, you're making a half a million bucks a year. Relate this now to how it was back in the earlier days of baseball. Let's go back to 1970 because this is a number I can give you from watching a documentary called Facing Nolan. I think it was about Nolan Ryan that just came out. It is on Netflix. If you have that. And I thought it was a really well done documentary one. Nolan Ryan has always been one of my favorite players, even though he never pitched here in Chicago. He was a guy that was able to throw the ball harder than anybody else, longer than anybody else. You go back to 1969. He was on that Miracle Mets team. He was not yet a starter, but he was on that 1969 team, won the World Series, and then talked about going in the offseason and needing to find a job, which I guess he installed heating and air in the offseason between 1969 and 1970 because his salary in 1969 for the Miracle Mets was a whopping $7,000. I popped that amount into an inflation calculator online and $7,000 in 1970, the equivalent of about $53,500 today. So, again, let's remember, the current minimum salary for baseball players is about a half a million dollars a year. Obviously, back then, and I don't know if Nolan Ryan, he was a rookie, but I may have met a bonus or something involved. But that's about 10% of the amount that it is today now for a minimum that if you make the league, you're sitting on the bench, You're making a half a million dollars. And to me, that is moving away from the equality that people are paid what they're worth, getting back down to equity. It's kind of like the salaries that the people in Congress have a little too high, I think, does not quite compute to what the average citizen is making. And I don't think people should be poor. If they're going to work in Congress, but they probably don't need to be in the top percent or so of earners. But I thought it was an interesting comparison when it comes to the sports because we have talked very recently about the changes that NASCAR has made this year with their brand new car that was meant to level the playing field again. We're talking about equity. We're talking about making it easier for everybody to achieve the same goals. And those goals aren't necessarily better in this case. And this also stifles the ability for innovation because everybody's stuck with the same crappy parts as Kevin Harvick called them. And the reality is a lot of these systems, I mean, they met well. I believe in NASCAR. I believe they were trying to keep the prices down because it could skyrocket to run a team or three. But you see the same thing in every other sport. Look at the salaries that the Los Angeles Dodgers and New York Yankees pay out compared to what the Pittsburgh Pirates and Oakland A's pay out. You'll see a vast difference. Between them. But if you want to use the sports metaphor and you want to put the United States right out there and trying to compete with the rest of the world, which we are not, which is the point I was trying to get to. But under Donald Trump, the team was giving it their all. We were energy independent, we were competing on the world stage. Joe Biden came in and decided hey, you know what? We have our best player, which is energy independence. The ability not to have to rely on OPEC, not to have to rely on Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates and all of these other countries for our energy. And what did Joe Biden do day one? He benched that player. He said, Energy independence, get out of here. We don't want that. We don't want that. We would rather be at the mercy of other countries for our energy. So we shut down the energy production in the United States, which was the biggest mistake. Well, it was intentional, but it was the biggest, dumbest thing that any rational person could have done. But I don't know if Joe Biden is rational or intelligent or if he did this on purpose because he wanted to crash the system, he wanted the United States to be a third world country, it makes zero sense to be at the mercy of OPEC when the United States has the ability to use the energy reserves that are within our borders, not saying the energy reserves that Biden has been depleting, the emergency reserves, but using what we have naturally here in the United States, in this concept, what are we saving it for? What are we saving the oil for? We're all being told we're not going to need oil in like 10, 20, 50 years, whatever it may be, rationally. We know we're moving towards electric vehicles. Let's forget that they explode if they get into salt water, like we're seeing in Florida. Little dangerous when your cars just start exploding, but nah, forget about that for a minute. We know we're moving in that direction. The United States has a lot. I mean, I don't even know how much. I mean, I can't even put this into a number. That's how large of the energy reserves the United States has if they would just drill, tap, get in, get it out. And when you say no, you don't want to do that. We're going to rely on other countries. We're giving the countries the power over us when you don't need to. What is the point of that? It would really be like the New York Yankees going, yeah, we're just going to sit Aaron Judge. He's our best player, but we're going to sit him because we just don't want to play him. We think that's unfair to the planet, so we're going to sit him. That's what we're doing with energy right now. and." You look at what's going on throughout the world, and Russian President Vladimir Putin, well, he just met with the leader of the United Arab Emirates in St. Petersburg, the uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Al-Nayan, probably butchered that, and I apologize if I did, but talking about oil. So everybody wants to say that Putin is a madman, doesn't know what he's doing. I think this guy is way more calculated and way more intelligent than Joey. There's no question about that. And when you start seeing that Russia's got a good relationship with OPEC, well, this is another reason why maybe, maybe you want to move away from OPEC. Because this is the easiest way to hurt the United States at this point to cripple the United States economy. I mean, everybody's like, oh, we're worried about a nuke, buy iodine pills. No, I would be way more worried about this because it's happening. I don't think Putin's going to set off the nuke. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll get fried. Who knows? Maybe you will too, doubt it. Way more likely that your economic well-being is going to be destroyed. And it is because of the moronic choices that the Democrats with Joey Mushbrain Biden at the top have been making in the guise of, well, it's for the planet. Well, you know what? Let's worry about the here and now. I'm not saying destroy the planet. All for a clean planet, all for clean water. But we have the technology to do certain things and we don't have the technology to do others. You do not outlaw the old bad coal-burning, gas-burning technology when you don't have something ready to take its place, when you don't have something that is at a mature level. Again, electric vehicles, Florida, saltwater, destroyed, fires, bad things. We're not ready to move as quickly as the radical leftists want the world to move. But it's because they don't care. It's not about saving the planet. It is about separating you from your money. And well, that's it. It's separating you from your money. It's taking your savings and draining them, making you pay five, 10 bucks for a loaf of bread. That's what it's all about. It's all about equity. And Joey has played right into it by getting rid of the energy independence. Russia knows exactly what's going on meeting with OPEC countries going, hey, you know what? Why don't we slow down that production of oil a little bit more and see what happens in the United States? Because it's a supply and demand thing. When you have no supply in a high demand, well, then you really have to pay whatever you have to to the countries that have the supply. Anybody should be able to figure this one out. Anybody. And anybody rational out there would know that the United States really needs to become energy independent if it is going to survive. It is, if it's literally just to survive, it's certainly not going to thrive if it doesn't, but it may not even survive if it doesn't become energy independent again sometime quick and stop relying on buying energy from other countries that maybe don't like us so so much but i don't like what's going on in this country anyway so i get it tulsi gabbard absolutely right when she said that everything is being racialized which i thought it was funny megan kelly calling out tiffany cross of msnbc as the most racist person in media at least i'm guessing i mean maybe in the world who knows? But she said it was most racist person on television because this twit, and I know that's repetitive for anybody that works at MSNBC. This twit came out and talked about what happened to the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa, I believe, was involved in a big hit, injured. Tiffany Cross of MSNBC, quote, to see all of these black men crashing into each other with a bunch of white owners, white coaches, and the complete disregard for black bodies and black life, I mean, it just represents a larger issue, end quote. Megan Kelly stepped up to tell Ms. Cross, quote, he's not black. Hello, you dumbass, end quote. Uh, yeah, he's uh, from Hawaii. He's Hawaiian. But everybody that wants to see race and things are going to see race and things. And that is the Democrat playbook, which is Tulsi Gabbard 100% correct. And MSNBC is nothing but the Democrat talking points over and over again. And this is what we see here that you have to turn any issue into race. The reality is football is a dangerous and body harming sport i don't think there's any question about that we have seen players of all colors miss cross really believe it or not that have brain injuries moving further into their lives chicago sports anchor for a few years mike adamley had to retire because of the damage done to his brain playing football he was unable to remember simple things that happened just a minute or two before. This has been studied. Football is dangerous. It has nothing to do with the color of the skin, Ms. Cross. It's that people make their choice that they want to go play in the NFL to make a lot of money, and they realize what is being done to their bodies, and they realize the risks that they take much like race car drivers, the chance is always there that you're going to have an injury that will either instantly end your life or that will haunt you for the rest of your life. And this is what these people that play in those sports choose to do. It doesn't matter what the color of their skin is. Is it a dangerous sport? No doubt about it. There's a lot of them out there. Baseball, you can get hit in the head, be dead. There's things that happen just walking down the street, you could be dead. So I get it. People play the percentages, and it's very lucrative to do so if you're a professional athlete. And what is the answer, Ms. Crush? Maybe you should just go out there and make the case to your demographic, whatever that may be, that maybe football should be outlawed and see how that works. Maybe you should go into the black community and tell all of the black football players that are playing that they should just stop and no longer play football and give up their contracts and their opulent lifestyles. Maybe you should do that and see how that goes. I think football is a dumb sport. I don't really enjoy football, but if a bunch of adult men want to go out there and make a lot of money, and possibly do harm to their bodies, I have no problem with that. I do enjoy watching auto racing, and that is also a very dangerous, possibly life-ending sport. And again, as long as the people involved understand the risks that they're taking, then I have no problem with that. Trying to make this into a race issue is absolutely hilarious. I guess Michael Jordan, who owns a NASCAR team, He has two drivers. One is black and one's white. So is he racist for sending them out there? Is he more racist for sending the black driver, Bubba Wallace, out there than he is the white driver, Kurt Busch, or who's out with an injury right now? Which I guess just goes, again, right down to prove that it's a very dangerous sport. He had a concussion from a wreck earlier this year. So there have been a variety of other drivers filling in. But is Michael Jordan racist for daring to send those people out there onto the racetrack where they might get hurt? No. No, Ms. Cross. You are a dumbass, as Megyn Kelly pointed out. And I don't know. I have to think about the most racist person on television claim of Megyn Kelly against Tiffany Cross. But right off the bat, I certainly can't disprove that theory. We really have to stand up. As a people, I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care what party you affiliate yourself with. And start getting beyond all of the insanity and seeing race in places where it just does not exist. And it's all being done to push a narrative to be able to take away from the bad people. Again, Ms. Cross, oh, it is those bad people white owners white coaches yeah they're the bad ones they're the yeah they're you go after them so what about the uh, black coaches in the NFL are they racist too and I don't know enough about the NFL I have no idea if there are any black owners or not don't really care because it's the NFL but Michael Jordan I know he does own a race team and that's dangerous. So that, you know, good enough. Same thing. Racist or not. Tell me, is it racist to send those people out there, Ms. Cross? And maybe you should understand what a Hawaiian is. I know that's really hard, but the guy's name, I think, pretty much screams that he's Hawaiian. And I'm not even going to try to say it again because I know I will butcher it. But why don't we get back to reality? rather than fantasy land where everything is racist. It would be nice, but that's not the world we live in. The head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, remember the story about the Border Patrol agents allegedly whipping the Haitian migrants coming over the border and how that story was pretty much immediately questioned and debunked by anybody that was willing to look a little bit further into it, but it kept being pushed by the White House. Well, a Freedom of Information Act request that was obtained by the Heritage Foundation showed that shortly after Joey Biden made his remarks about what was going on there with People being whipped at the border. He was told that this was not true. That the photographer who provided the photographs said that was misconstruing what was going on. That was not what was going on. That there were no people being whipped by the Border Patrol agents. Now, he had this information again. Mayorkas had this information when he joined. Jen Psaki at a White House press conference where even though he had the information, he knew what was going on. He had the information firsthand from the boots on the ground photographer that provided with the photographs that there was no whipping of the Haitian migrants. Mayorkas said, quote, our nation saw horrifying images that do not reflect who we are. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism. The images horrified us in terms of what they suggest and what they conjure up. End quote. That's what Majorca said after being told that the Border Patrol agents on horseback were not whipping. The migrants with their whips. They were not running over them with their horses. That doesn't stop these people on the left. They lie constantly because they believe that the ends justify the means. It's the same thing with all the Green New Deal stuff. They believe that the ends justify the means. Push the electric cars, even though they're going to explode if a little salt water touches the battery. Boom. Not a problem. We don't have anything to replace the uh, gas-powered vehicles, but we're going to make them illegal. These people lie continuously. This is somebody in charge, put in charge by Joey Biden, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. No question about it. The proof is here that he was told, briefed on the situation at the border, told that what Joey Biden had just said to a national audience, international audience, was incorrect. And rather than to go out and correct the record, rather than go out and say, well, hey, we've got new information that that wasn't what was happening. I mean, I understand people are still very concerned by the way this looks, but what we're actually seeing here is not illegal immigrants being whipped by Border Patrol. It is absolutely stunning to me that the people in charge are willing to go so far, willing to tell any falsehood just because it advances their narrative. They want to push race into everything. Tulsi Gabbard, again, 100% right, and that is what we see with Mayorkas in this case. He knew what he was saying was a lie. This is not just, well, maybe they drank the Kool-Aid and they believe what they're saying. No, this is one of the few times we've actually been able to prove 100% that they had the information. They knew what was being spoken was a lie, yet they continued to do so And again, I will ask anybody that's going out to vote in the November elections, if you're going to vote for a Democrat, please, please tell me why. Again, I know a lot of Republicans suck as well, but look at what is going on and explain to me exactly why you would put your faith into anybody that is even somewhat on board with what the Biden administration has been doing. I mean, there are obviously morons in the Biden administration. A story out of the Tennessee Star I thought was hilarious because I wanted to be upset about it in one way, and it went into a completely different way, which I always appreciate. Headline Biden DHS hands out cell phones to over 255,000 illegal aliens. Well, you could have just said 250. I mean, you didn't have to add the five, but I get it. Over the course of the last year, the Biden administration's Department of Homeland Security has given out free cell phones to at least 255,000 illegal aliens, the article says, who either crossed the border or were captured and released into the United States. Breitbart reports that the data was published by the DHS as part of the department's broader alternatives to detention program, which seeks other methods of handling illegals besides simply apprehending and deporting them. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with uh, apprehending and deporting when somebody breaks the law. Again, in a rational country, you break the law, you pay the penalty. But it says the DHS claims that the purpose of these cell phones was to be able to track the migrants' location using the phones. To this end, it says the over 255,000 phones were given to illegals over a one-year period between October 1st 2021 and September 30th, 2022. Now, this is costing the United States taxpayers about $360,000 a day. The best part is the sentence that says the phones themselves are allegedly incapable of making calls or searching the internet. Did that just sink in for you? they're spending 360,000 dollars a day to give illegal immigrants cell phones that are incapable of making calls or searching the internet i don't know what's going on here but there's uh there's not a lot of smarts going on if this is simply being used as well, keep this phone charged and with you so we can track you wherever you go. Yeah, when somebody gives you a device and says, hey, I just want to track you wherever you go, can you do me a favor and just keep this charged up so I can continue to track you no matter where you go? $360,000 a day of your tax money going to this kind of insanity. I, I don't even know where to go with this one. It just seems to be too stupid. It seems like it can't be real. But that's probably exactly why it has to be real. I just don't understand. I really don't get it. If they want to be tracked, well, then they'll check in. You know, they'll come for their hearing when it comes up, if they actually get one. The concept that you're giving somebody an unusable cell phone there is nothing but a tracker for to keep track of where they are. Pure genius, Joey. Pure genius, my friend. I mean, you're outdoing yourself, and that's hard to do. Maybe I'm missing something here. I don't know. If I am, let me know exactly what I'm missing because I don't get it. Another interesting story, FBI reporting that more than twice as many people were killed in the United States last year by blades than were killed by rifles. But wait, I thought AR-15s were the scourge. And if we got rid of the AR-15s, everything would be great. According to the FBI, 1,035 people killed with knives or cutting instruments and 447 killed by rifles. Again, let's do the math. There's what, 330 million citizens of the United States. How many millions of people that are here illegally Four hundred and forty seven people killed by rifles. That's like uh, nothing, almost nothing. Granted, so is a thousand and thirty five, but we're not demonizing blades here yet, are we? It just shows, again, why you need to do your homework, why you can't believe the media. If you believe the media, you would seem like people were getting mowed down with rifles left and right. They mainly use handguns here in Chirac. But that's why they don't talk about it, because it's black-on-black crime. And that is very inconvenient, and they don't want to talk about those numbers. So, again, I digress. But we do have one follow-up, which I thought was interesting. We talked about this on the last show, maybe two weeks ago, about the fact that NASA sent a little rocket out, little spacecraft about the size of a vending machine, and they were trying to alter the course of, of a small asteroid that was orbiting another larger asteroid. And the results have gotten back. The spacecraft that plowed into a small harmless asteroid millions of miles away, the AP says, succeeded in shifting its orbit. NASCAR announced yesterday that prior to the impact, The asteroid took 11 hours and 55 minutes to circle the larger asteroid. Scientists were hoping to shave off 10 minutes on that orbit, and what ended up was shortening it by 32 minutes. NASA's director of planetary science says, quote, let's all kind of take a moment to soak this in. For the first time ever, humanity has changed the orbit of a celestial body, end quote. Let us recall that neither of these asteroids were going to come close to planet Earth. This was nothing more than a test, and it seems to have been successful, which I guess, yay, humanity. We were able to move a big rock out in space. The question will become how much time will we have when there is actually a rock hurtling towards the world that maybe can do major damage? And will we have enough time? to deploy something like this to hopefully keep the impact from happening and humanity from being wiped out. But really, would that be such a bad thing, I ask to all of humanity? I mean, look around you right now. Would that really be the worst thing? I don't know. But it at least gives us hope, I think, that technology will continue to improve. We just have to wonder how long this current phase that we're in at least here in the United States, and it seems like a lot of other places in the world where the woke ideology is trying to bring everybody down to the bottom rather than helping everybody move to the top, is going to be around. And that's something we're going to just have to wait and see. But I appreciate everybody for listening to the show, giving me your time. I know there's a lot of things you could be listening to, and I appreciate that you hang with me and listen to my rantings and hopefully we bring you something here with the podcast that you haven't heard before makes you think a little bit in a different way and we do work on the value for value model which means if you've gotten any value out of the show whatsoever you can put a number on it is it worth a coffee is it worth a cd or a vinyl record is it worth going out to the movies one night is it worth a steak dinner hey is it worth a brand new tesla i don't know you put a number on it and you go over to our website, randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com, slash donate. You can click the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. You can use the P.O. box address if you want to go the snail mail route. And if you're on a podcasting 2.0 app, you can stream us some sats. You can send us a boostagram. And if you are on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts. And it's just an easy way to get us some value over on Patreon if you're in that ecosystem already. We do have a few people to thank for today's show. Anonymous coming in with $25 via snail mail with a nice note about how good the show has been. Well, we, we try anyway. I mean, we're not guaranteeing anything but we certainly try to put out a good show each and every time. Also coming in via snail mail, chew the kookie with his $15 donation. Very much appreciated. Kendra Lamotte coming in with $5. Dame Kenny Ben. Thank you. She says for random thoughts, I truly enjoy this podcast every week. Thank you. No, thank you for listening. Kendra, Brian Janak, Dennis Woods, Tim. Heasel, all coming in with $5 over in the Patreon side of things all appreciated. Any little bit you can do to keep the little podcast that could going is appreciated. Keep the lights on, the microphone sounding good, the servers humming, all of that good stuff. It is all very much appreciated. And we appreciate everybody who has supported this show over the years. Again, you can go to random thoughts slash donate, get in on all of the fun. If I sound a little funny, I've been biting my cheek. I might have to go back to the dentist and have to shave the new crown down a little bit. I was giving it a little bit of time. It's been a week now, so it might be time to uh, go in and have that checked out. Or it may just be that the more you bite your cheek, the more it swells up, so the more there is there to be then bitten. If that makes sense. But uh, so if we sound a little funny, it's it's when you're talking every now and then, and all of a sudden you chomp down on some. Uh, on some cheek and and get us some pain, not fun, not recommended. But with that said, I will be back next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. And until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.